This is Box Score, brought to you by Games Radar. I'm your host, Richard Fisher. Welcome to the very first Box Score Review session, where we take a long, hard look at big-time sports games. Today, we tackle NCAA Football 13. It released on July 10th with much fanfare around its new Heisman Trophy mode and a host of new gameplay improvements. Joining us today is veteran industry writer Cap Bailey, who reviewed the game for At Gamer, a magazine in the future family, which, of course, is the parent company of Games Radar. And I, in turn, reviewed the game for Games Radar, so the two of us spend the next hour or so comparing notes on the game and our individual experiences. We also peer ahead a little bit into the future to talk about where the series goes from here, both for next season and the next generation. So without further ado, here is the NCAA Football 13 box score review session. All right, well, we are here with the great Cat Bailey, one of my favorite people in the game's journalism business, heck, one of my favorite people anywhere, the only person I know that can break down a JRPG with the best of them, going deep into the minutiae of strategy and combat, and then at the same time, break down a cover two defense better than most commentators. So, Cat Bailey, welcome to Box Score. Thank you. Um, I often feel like JRPGs and sports games have a lot in common, so I don't think it's that an amazing skill. Well, you're the only one that I know that can do it, but, you know, I'm not sure. Well, thank you. (laughs) Um, It's those crazy overlapping tastes, you know. (laughs) Kat is, of course, the uh, she reviewed uh, NCAA Football 13 for At Gamer, uh, a magazine in the future uh, network. Uh, I, I did the review of NCAA football 13 for games radar. Um, Kat is also of course, of course the host of active time Babel on the one up network, an excellent show, uh, highly recommended. Uh, but of course we're here today to talk about NCAA football 13. It was released on July 10th. It's now near the end of July. So we've had some time to really sink our teeth into it. Sort of post retail, get uh, in a bunch of <laughs> online games, uh, get in a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, some dynasties and some highs and lows and things like that. So we're going to talk about it up, down, left, and right, and then talk a little bit about the future of the franchise as well. But in the uh, in the spirit of a future-based uh, review, we're going to start off with, number one, what we love and hate. So three things we love, three things we hate. I will give you, Kat, the floor first. Give me the first thing that you love about NCAA Football 13. You know... I I feel like there have been a lot of really meaningful changes um, made that were very smart in general. I feel like when you make changes to a smart to a uh, to a sports simulator, they have to be smart changes. They, they smart changes mean a lot more to me than um, big changes. And in this case, well, first of all, the the passing is really terrific. It really is. Um, I feel like I have so much more control over the ball. <clears throat> And, you know, it's, it's to the point where I, I have a hard time playing Madden 12 now. In fact, I sold it not long after I uh, finished with NCAA because it is genuinely agonizing not being able to kind of pinpoint the ball over a receiver's shoulder like I can in NCAA 13. So. Yeah, I will say that Kat and I are both in the same fourth-string Madden League, which was Madden 12 until, as Kat says, NCAA Football 13 pretty much ruined any of us ever going back and playing that game again. Yes, for sure. Um, Madden 12 feels kind of like an arcade game. I'm not going to lie. An an anger-inducing, frustrating arcade game. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas NCAA 13, um, I can't really comment on Madden 13 yet. Um, NCAA 13, like I feel like I've had so many moments which feel really realistic. Um, I was playing against um, a mutual friend recently in an online dynasty game. It was Stanford versus Texas. And uh, my guy got, I I believe he was playing zone and my guy got a step on both the safety and the corner. And I kind of uh, heaved the ball and I feel like in Madden 12 or NCAA 12 for that matter, uh, the corner of the safety would have swatted it down without even looking. And instead I was able to get it right into his hands and it looked so real and it felt real and it was so satisfying. And 
that is really important to me in a game like this. Uh, it it kind of has to feel right. And I feel like this is the first time uh, the NCAA has been better than Madden in most respects, but this has been a while. It's been a while since either of them have felt this right. I feel just, just having them look at the ball is so important. You know, it sounds silly, but it's true. And, and of course, this was my first love as well, so I'm going to have to come up with something else for my first love. But just to kind of ah, expand upon it. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, which is why we go back and forth in this, too. So hopefully I can steal a couple of yours. But, yeah, passing is great. There's just no other word I have for it. Um, I have can name dozens of times where I have been able to, just like you say, pinpoint the ball into a receiver's hands over – a linebacker or a cornerback where I had a step on the guy, but just a step, the kind of play that a really good quarterback can make, but the kind of play that was physically impossible to make in earlier incarnations of both this, you know, NCAA as well as Madden. And I feel like when I lead the passer, it's, it's the right amount. I'm not throwing it 10 feet to the left or to the right of him or over his head. It's just so good, you know, without getting technical because I'm, frankly incapable it just feels great yeah i'm a little surprised that it took this long to get to that point to be perfectly honest uh i feel like this maybe should have been a no-brainer but you know i'm glad it's there finally what can i say so my first love that's not passing is the concept of the heisman mode and i say concept because i really like the fact that they have real people, uh, historical people, anybody who's read anything I've written over the last few years or even heard me babble incoherently about this knows that I'm a big fan of the history of sports. And in college football, other than perhaps Major League Baseball, you have more uh, history to, to tap into when you talk about the sport. And I love having, you know, not just real guys, but real guys like Archie Griffin and Jim Plunkett people that aren't just last year's Heisman Trophy winner. Not that there's anything wrong with RG3. There's not. Or, you know, and other guys also, too, like Charles Woodson and Andre Ware. So conceptually, I really like the fact that you got the real Heisman guys and you can play as them and you learn about them. Like, you know, I remember Andre Ware winning the Heisman Trophy, but I couldn't tell you really anything that he did other than the fact that he played for the University of Houston. But as I played through him as in the Heisman mode, I was astounded by the numbers that he has. You know, over 4,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns thrown in a college football year. And then having to meet and beat those numbers as him, even if I wasn't playing as a great, and you know, even if I wasn't playing against great competition, was pretty daunting. Um, so just overall, I'm a real big fan of what they did in, in the concept of the Heisman Trophy mode. Now, some of the execution leaves a little to be desired. I'll get into that later. But even so, even even though it wasn't, I'd say, implemented perfectly, there is a lot of fun to be had in the Heisman mode. I totally agree with you. And I think that it was actually a very smart mode. <clears throat> um, it doesn't get to the... It doesn't go to the lengths that, say, NBA, the NBA 2K series goes. Um, but... It is a nice median um, between Road to Glory and something like that. Um, full disclosure, I'm not a big fan of Road to Glory or Superstar mode. Um, the only times I've ever really liked those modes are like in FIFA or NHL. <clears throat> um, definitely not in definitely not in a football game. Um, but the Heisman mode gives me a fully formed legendary player to just have fun with and Robert Griffin the third and and um Barry Sanders and Desmond Howard are so fun to play with especially Desmond Howard <clears throat> because you are <clears throat> excuse me sorry uh Desmond Howard is just a monster when it comes to returns and every time you break out one of those those long punt returns or one of those long kickoff returns. You just feel like a monster. Same with Barry Sanders. And of course, Robert Griffin III is a lot of fun to play with as well. So it, it, it gave a new perspective on a mode that I was, that was good, but I wasn't a huge fan of to begin with. So 
yes, it could have been more fully formed. Um, and yes, it's probably a little too easy to meet the statistics, but I feel like the Heisman mode in general is a very welcome addition. You know, it's funny. The, I absolutely demolished every possible record known to man. For example, when I took Marcus Allen, I find the running backs to be particularly, particularly easy. But when I had um, Desmond Howard, because he's a receiver and you don't have nearly the type of control over the situation that you do when you're a running back or a quarterback, I found it very difficult to win the Heisman Trophy as Desmond. In fact, I, I was well on my way to not winning it. I didn't complete my, uh, my campaign with him. Um, so I, I really like the fact that they put that in there because it does offer a challenge. Because if you just pick Barry Sanders or Marcus Allen or Eddie George, unless you bump the difficulty up pretty significantly, which is a good option to have, uh, you are going to not only win the Heisman going away, but when you're just you know getting like literally 350, 450 plus yards a game every game, it kind of gets a little ridiculous. But the Heisman difficulty is actually fairly well balanced. It's definitely not all Madden, so the really really good players um, should still have a diff- uh, should still have a challenge, I should think. And I certainly had a challenge on All Pro. Yeah, well, and it also matters what team you put it on too, which is or another All American. Nice, sorry, it's another nice thing about the mode is that you know you can put Marcus Allen on USC or Alabama, but you can also put him on Akron, right? So that that adds another layer of it. The fact that you can take any of these Heisman greats and put them on any team um, is another just sort of nifty little wrinkle to that mode that, that it's a nice wrinkle but i would never do it myself <laughs> it All just right. feels kind of vulgar to put um like marcus allen on the golden golfers he was never a golden golfer so i don't know why i would do that and uh um golden the golden golfers are my alumni or is my alumnus i guess so um i i want to play on the regular i want to play on the real teams that was actually another thing that I liked about the Heisman mode. I, I, you know, normally stick to either Stanford or, or the University of Minnesota. So it meant that I played a lot of teams that I would never play otherwise, um, such as Baylor. Right. Or, uh, or Oklahoma University. I would never play Oklahoma University. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, that's a good point. It does, it, it does not only teams you play as, but also teams you play against. Um, because I definitely played against some schools and in some stadiums that in, in playing NCAA for the last, you know, 15 years, I probably had been to those stadiums maybe a handful of times. Um, all right, so the next thing. So now on to number two on Cat uh, Bailey's NCAA Football 13 Love. What's your second love? I thought that there were some really smart additions to the presentation. And in particular, I was a big fan of the the studio updates in the middle of the games, along with the ESPN bottom line, because it made it look more like a, you know, this is in the offline and the online dynasties, obviously. Or, you know what I mean, in the dynasty mode, this is where it pops up the most. Yes. It makes it feel more realistic, and it, it didn't feel invasive, and I was actually pretty impressed with how accurate they were. And in fact, in some ways, I feel like... Um, so it sounds like they were procedurally generated, actually. Like, this stuff was actually happening in the background. It was not pre- it was not generated um, ahead of time, which, as a result, it sounds very accurate. And... Oh. It's almost spooky. It's even it's even it's even accurate to if you changed up the divisions, um, the algorithm that they have created um, is really good, very good. Well, you know what's interesting is if you look at what's happening when you advance the week, one of the things that gets generated every week are the studio updates. So you know when you're sitting there looking at okay, right now uh, you know doing the signings and doing the player commitments and doing the this and doing the that, <laughs> one of the things it does is generating um, uh, generating studio updates, which I found to be very interesting that exactly to your point, that stuff is generated, uh, uh, is not like pre-scripted and is completely dependent upon 
what you're doing. And when you do a custom conference, which I did a couple of different times, it completely uh, matches that, which is really very difficult to do and impressive that they pulled that off. I always do custom conferences as well because I always felt like they realigned um, the Big Ten incorrectly. And so you, always, you fix that uh, every time? Yeah. Well, um, instead of having the quote-unquote legends and leaders conferences, I always have uh, the lakes and the plains conferences because that just makes more sense to me. It's a Midwestern kind of uh, deal. That is great. And I – Focus on the team. The teams that are around the Great Lakes are on the same conference, are on the same on one side, and the teams that are on the plains are on the other. Um, that includes Penn State. So, and the you'd be amazed at how easily the protected uh, rivalries end up falling together. It it works perfectly. I never would have thought of that, and that is another reason why I think Cat Bailey is terrific. <laughs> so my second love. Um, out of a whole bunch of them, is when I find a gem when I'm recruiting. Uh, one of the additions this year to the recruiting was the ability to scout. And uh, I found this the most helpful when I was doing the dynasty that I have done the most. Uh, I'm into my third year now with Temple University. Uh, Temple? Yeah, well, Temple. a lot of people know that I am a dyed-in-the-wool uh, University of Alabama fan. I was born in Alabama in the shadow of the university. Both my parents are alumni. I, unfortunately, being uh, broke and uh, not particularly intelligent at the time I went to college, did not go to Alabama, but I still consider them my school. And um, But I always play Alabama, like every year. So this year, I'm like, all right, for my, for my first dynasty uh, go-around, and I played a few I was going to pick Somebody who I'd never played with, somebody who wasn't that good, because when you're recruiting with Alabama, you pretty much get anybody that you want. Um, so I picked Temple. You know, why not? They're in the Big East, so I'm familiar with a lot of the Big East teams. They're, um, you know, they have a lot of challenges, but they're sort of up and coming. They've had some decent years the last couple of years. So long story short, it's difficult to recruit um, because they've only got a couple of things that they're really good at. But if you scout some of the players that are sort of in your pipeline and are interested in you, you can really find some gems. Some guys that like come in rated as 57 or 58 or 62, 63, you scout them to 100%. You can find out that they're actually six or seven points better than what they are. And then when you sign that gem, you just it's like one of the coolest little feelings. So I love when you find a gem um, and when you can sign them. Uh, I do not particularly like when I discover a gem and he signs with somebody else. But that's really not the game's fault so much as my own fault. Because recruiting in and of itself is a very uh, interesting uh, dynamic. Uh, and it takes a while to learn how to really do it the right way. Um, and without sort of, you know, Googling it and cheating or finding how you're supposed to really game the system. So anyway, bottom line is I love the whole scouting and finding a gem. I think it's just a really nifty little addition they made this year. That's what, uh, see, I would have made that my second edition, but my second love, but I would decide to be nice and give it to you. Well, because, thank you. That's very nice. I appreciate that. Because the recruiting really is a lot smarter this year. And if you play as someone like Texas or, or Alabama, um, obviously you might not have noticed um, how difficult it is to recruit. But being a, a Minnesota alum, um, Let's just say that it's not easy luring top recruits to the Great White North um, to get them to wear the maroon and gold. So it felt like one of the reasons I gave up on NCAA 12 was that I just got sick of trying to develop a good class. It was taking years and years and years. Um, but they really kind of loosened it up and made it a lot easier for the smaller schools to kind of be able to, to thrive. Um, and one of those ways is by being able to get those gems. Um, and it is very satisfying to be able to get a four-star gem receiver as Minnesota, not the least because Minnesota stinks and can really use all the talent it can get. Seriously, they're really bad. You use that playing time card a lot in your pitch, I presume? Uh, Sorry, what? 
the playing time, you know, like one of the different pitches oh, that you can give yes, is playing yes. time. So if your guy, if you have nobody good at that position, like, hey, playing time is an A+. Plus. I also made every promise that I possibly could. <laughs> and was like, here, have a scholarship for the love of God. The thing was, though, um, recruiting is a lot more affected by how you do now. Like, if you are winning a lot, recruits will become much more interested in you. Yes. And I had an a and plus they like to be paid attention to. So just by adding them to your recruiting board, they will make you one of their 10 choices. So that's another thing. So so now you're on the radar. You don't have to work your ass off just to get on the radar. And I had an undefeated season um when I was playing as Minnesota, unbelievably, because I'm awesome. <laughs> and by the end, I actually had a really nice recruiting class because not only was I kicking ass on Wisconsin and Michigan when they were making recruiting trips, I was also, um, they, they just liked the fact that I was only number ranked number one in the country. That does help. It does help. Yes. Yeah. My, uh, with Temple, the recruiting was interesting. And I, and I gotta admit, like it, it took me a few weeks to really get the recruiting down. Number one, for those of you who don't know, you have different pitches that you can make to different recruits, right? So if you have a guy in your pipeline state, which generally is, you know, one of the three or four states that you're closest to with Temple, the, the pretty much the only thing that I could have a really high mark for was playing close to home. So I just hammered that like I just would first find out how important it was to them. And then if it was important with them, I just every single week, I'd be like, play close to home, play close to home. And then if they wound up having, uh, you know, their second school be somebody who was a few States away or, or more, I would then also compare it to the other school and, and get them, you know, negative points to get me positive points. And it, it offered an interesting dynamic because again, you know, when I'm, when I'm playing with Alabama, like, it doesn't matter what pitch I choose. It's an A-plus or an A. But with Temple, you really only have one or two advantages, and you have to really use them. But one of the things I found interesting is that because I only had one or two things that I was really good at that I could make a pitch at, I got to talk to a lot more recruits than I probably normally would have. Like, you know, if I'm Alabama, before I really learned how to recruit, I would just talk to the same guy like six or seven times in one phone call and just go over all the awesome stuff that I have, but then I wouldn't talk to as many guys. When, when you've only got one or two good things to talk to them about, you wind up talking to a lot more guys. So it, it's just a different dynamic. And then, of course, I discovered a few weeks in about making promises and inviting them to the campus, which I sort of didn't quite hit on the first one. But by the end of, the, the end of the, my first season, which I wasn't undefeated, but I had a good year, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, I had a really nice recruiting class. I found some gems. I got some guys to commit that I know would not have committed unless I had worked so hard. And it comes down to, like, if you do put in the time, you will, like you say, even if you're not a number one school, you will get some recruits that there's no way you would have gotten had you not put in that time. Yep. All right. So your third love, Cat Bailey of NCAA Football 13. This isn't necessarily a new addition, but I continue to be a big fan of the atmosphere that the NCAA games bring with them. Um, I feel like I feel like Madden has a problem with being a little too dead at times, mm. and NCAA in general, the fact that when there's a big third down and I'm in an opposing stadium and if I'm like in the big house yeah. in Michigan and my entire, and the controller's about to rattle out of my hands right. and everyone's going crazy. Um, that's awesome. It really is. And I feel like the, the commentary is really good. Uh, I mean, it's not as good as maybe FIFA, but it's solid at the very least. It's, it doesn't make horrible mistakes. It's definitely not the Chris Collinsworth Gus Johnson combo <laughs> for Madden 12, which was so bad that I had to, uh, actually mute it. I actually muted the commentary, which is something I've never done before. Um, so it, it's polished. It feels, I, I feel like, um, sorry, 
I feel like um, I'm playing kind of a game that has reached its ceiling to some extent for the generation. And maybe it doesn't have as high a ceiling as, as NBA 2K or FIFA or MLB The Show, um, simply by virtue of decisions that were made early on. But it's reached its potential, which is something that I don't necessarily feel like I can say about Madden or MLB 2K. Um, I've had a lot of fun with NCAA this year, and I'm really enjoying our uh, online dynasty right now, even though I've only played one meaningful game, but I won that game 28-3, to so that might be why I like it so much. Mm, yeah. I'm still waiting for the week to advance so I can play my second game. I had a buy the first week. A buy? Are you kidding me? It's terrible. <sighs> so the third thing that I love, and I have a bunch of other loves, and I'll talk about them, but one of the things that I really am impressed with this year in particular is that the NCAA football team at Tiburon is continuing to produce post-release podcasts and blogs. Um, in fact, I was just listening to one that came out in the last day or two where the team went over everything that's coming out. There's a release update being made uh, in just a couple of days uh, that they went over, fixing some some issues that they've discovered. Uh, and then there's another one coming out later in August with some other some issues and some just updates and things like that. But the fact that they're ahead of the updates and they're producing podcasts, not just, you know, simple missives off in, you know, to, in a, in a blog or something like that, but they are doing blogs as well. They had a good, like 35 minute podcast a couple of days ago that went over it. So they're clearly continuing to be out there, you know, interacting with the community, supporting the game, you know, producing content that will keep people interested in it. They're talking about their own personal, like online dynasties that they're having. I just I'm impressed with with how the team has done that because there are a lot of games, sports and otherwise, that once the release hits, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's all you hear. Uh, there's a lot of hype beforehand, but not afterwards. So I'm very, very Madden impressed 12 with that. team talked a lot about Madden Ultimate Team. Yes, that is true. I swear to God, that was every one of their podcasts. <laughs> So I'm impressed with that. So so that is, in summary, a lot of what we love. But there's more that we love. And again, in our conversations further on, we'll get into that. But it wouldn't be, you can't love something sometimes without a little bit of hate. So we'll start with you again, Kat. What is one thing of the three? What's your first hate for NCAA Football 13? Man, loading times still aren't that good. Oh, not that it's good. It's way too long to get anything done. Understatement. It's it's tiring, and uh, uh, even if you install the thing, it, it just has so much data to parse. It has even more data to parse now that it has to generate the uh, the studio updates as well, or like it has to do something with the generate the studio updates. I don't know what it's doing. I guess it's setting up the algorithm, <laughs> um, but it takes too long. It really does. It's something they need to fix. Yeah, it's not just like when you get started, you got to wait for a few minutes, but then just in between weeks, every single week. And, oh, God help you if you're in between seasons in the dynasty. Mm. Oh, it is painful how long it is. It's just painful. And I understand why. It doesn't mean that it's any less annoying as an end user. Right. I mean, just because right. I understand certain things are the way they are doesn't mean I like them. And yeah, I'm with you. The, the load times and the, and the in between the, the weeks and the dynasties are just they're brutal. Um, one of the things that I hate, and of course you stole one of them already. One of the things that I hate is it's what I do. <laughs> there is, you know, this this is sort of a, a broad brush, but there's just it's a lot of the little things that I find to be annoying right like a couple quickies like for example and i'm sort of getting ahead of myself here but in my first online dynasty with temple i actually had my running back matt brown he won the heisman trophy didn't win it running going away uh, but he did win it and then when i played in my bowl game the commentators didn't mention it at all i understand why because it would be very difficult to plug that in but yet at the same time 
you would think when you're watching a bowl game with the Heisman Trophy winner that they would mention that that guy's the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, mm. There's little sorts of visual kind of flubs. For example, when the guy hops up off the ground, it seems like he hops up at a really super fast speed and yeah. it's kind of silly. And the shadow effect, when you're looking at the players head on either before or after a play, the shadows just do some weird, crazy things. So there are a lot of sort of little things that are going on that, while don't necessarily take away from the overall gameplay, they do just sort of detract and pull you out a little bit of the experience. I completely agree. All right, so moving on to your second hate, Kat. Uh, you know, let's talk some more about the Heisman Trophy mode. Let's do it. Um, you know, I don't understand why they didn't just let you play the original schedule. It wouldn't be that hard. You know, I'm not even talking about, like, having the original teams. That would like, be hard. I'm not talking about the original teams because that's obviously licensing issues. Sure. I'm talking about the original schedules. That just, um, it would add a, it would, it would align it a little more closely with the little descriptions that they give you during the loading times. Which I think are cool. Very Actually, cool. Actually, I, I Very do think cool. those are cool. I agree. I'm glad to hear the story of this person, but I don't know why it's not aligning with the actual schedule. I mean, isn't it telling a story? Um, so that I would rather have that than the ability to put them on any team. And I feel like it was a bit of a miscalculation that they didn't do that. Well, I'm glad you didn't steal my second hate. It was, but it, it segues Damn, beautifully. Damn, I was on a, I was on a roll too. <laughs> but it segues beautifully, so thank you. Um, oh. Second thing I hate is the fact that some of the Heisman guys are downloadable content. Um, oh. I just, you know, even though I downloaded the demo for some reason, it didn't recognize that I downloaded the demo, so I didn't get the three dudes. I also didn't pre-order the game from GameSpot, so the three other guys that I didn't get. And again, this comes down to I completely understand why from a mm -hmm. business perspective, especially we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, you know, about downloadable content and NCAA football. But just because I understand it from a business perspective as a consumer, I don't like it. I wish that I was able to get the full Heisman complement of people without having to download them, either through a, a pre-order from a, from a retail chain uh, or from having the demo, um, especially because I have it on two different systems. So I'm really sort of, you know, there's, I'm, it really limits my ability to, uh, to play with all the different guys. Not that I'm going to go through the entire Heisman mode with all the guys. I'm not. Um, but it's fun. It would be fun to play as Jim Plunkett. And right now I can't do that. Right. You know, it's and it's really yeah. cool to play as Andre Ware and as Desmond Howard. And I've realized that each one of these guys has their own sense of, uh, you know, play. Right. They all have their own dynamics, different ways that they run or different ways that they pass. You know, some are big arm throwers, pocket passers, some are scramblers. And I just don't like yeah. the fact that I can't get all those guys in one experience. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, uh, I I feel like what kind of adds insult to injury maybe a tiny bit is that they're there from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not like they go, here's all this extra content in DLC, but you have to pay for it. No, it's, it's there from day one to buy. Right. They're, they're, it's almost a little bit like a big middle finger to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Like... We could have given this to you for free, but we didn't want to because we wanted to make money. And in some ways, I don't begrudge that. But if you want to make inroads with your consumers, I, I feel like it's a little it's a little mean to just have that stuff like there, but you have to pay money to unlock it. Right. Yeah. When you that see is that not something that would have happened in the last generation. Well, absolutely not. It would have all been there. All been yeah, there. Yeah. So and that's like that's part of what our sort of, well, that's what we have to deal with right now. Right. I mean, it's, we're in this sort of weird middle ground where, you know, we're not in a purely digital delivery world. 
Um, but yet digital delivery is such a huge part of the way that, you know, we're experiencing things, not just from a, a game perspective, you know, or the, the entire game, but from a patch perspective. Like, it wasn't that long ago that releasing a patch for a game was either unheard of or rare, whereas now you can't have a game that has any sort of online aspect to it without a patch just being part of what's known. And we already know of two patches coming for NCAA Football 13. Um, so, like you say, having the pictures of those guys <laughs> and then being like, downloadable content, not available, is uh, is pretty lousy, no doubt. All right, your third hate, Cat Bailey for NCAA Football 13. Hmm, it's hard to choose. <laughs> You've got a list, a longer list? Uh, no, it's like, there's not a lot that I disliked about this game. Oh, good, all right. Uh, I, I liked this game. I, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I feel like we've hit on a lot of the main points for the most part. Well, you are so allowed to pass. I have the third hate. Well, I'll tell you what my third hate is, and this is that my wide receivers tend to be pretty timid. Um, there have been, even though I do complete a lot more passes than I ever used to, in particular on some long balls, it seems like the wide receivers don't go up for the ball or don't go after it nearly as much as I think that they should. It seems like the cornerbacks are uh, still much more the aggressors on those long plays than anything else. But, uh, but it's so much easier to abuse cornerbacks now. It is, it is mean, getting pretty nitpicky. I will admit that. If you, uh, if your if your receiver is one on one with them, you can put it in a place where that receiver can get it, and the cornerback simply cannot. And I feel like I'm just glad they're not freaking magnetizing to the to the to the receiver anymore. Absolutely. Where, where the receiver will literally slow down. And the cornerback will speed up just so that they can make an interception. And in fact, pretty much all of the interceptions that I saw um, looked right. They felt right. Um, another thing that I like about NCAA is just they—they've obviously put a lot of work into their to their road to the show, road to the show, um, road to glory <laughs> slash. Um, Heisman presentation. I feel like I'm controlling one player. Ah, I now, ah, here's my third hate. Uh oh. It took her a little while, but here she is. I was talking through it. I knew I would find it. <laughs> I don't like the, the bullet time. You actively dislike it or you just don't use it? Because I just don't use it. I don't. I actively dislike it. Okay. Yeah, I don't dislike so, it, but I don't use it. If that makes any sense maybe, whatsoever. Maybe, maybe other people have figured out how to make really good use of it, but I was only ever able to find. I was only ever able to make it really work as a running back. As a quarterback, it really didn't help because it's not like my receivers. It's not helping me make decisions any faster. Right. Um, when I'm as, when I'm a quarterback, because it still takes a finite amount of time for my receiver to get open, and I'm used to it moving to a certain at a certain speed anyway. And the main thing that I'm worried about is not throwing an interception; it's getting sacked. I feel like I get sacked a lot, so I don't feel like bullet time helps that at all. The whole getting sacked aspect. Yeah, I. I... Don't think I used bullet time more than a few times just to try out how it worked. Um, you know, again, for those listening who haven't played the game, bullet time basically is a Max Payne-ish type slowdown uh, that you can use in either the Heisman mode or the Road to Glory mode, not in the regular game mode. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I wound up trying it a few times and being like, eh, this doesn't do anything for me. I never really used it anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I feel like, I think the main problem... I feel like I was using it wrong at first <laughs> because my natural reaction is to slow time down at a certain, like, oh, um, so I'm about to get sacked or this guy's about to tackle me. I should go into bullet time and it'll go really slow and then I'll have a moment to assess the situation and make a decision. 
But actually, the best way to use it is to hit bullet time as soon as a play starts. And that way, everything is moving slower, mm. which makes it a lot easier to assess and move and get out of the way. Because things are still a little too fast. It's not like you have a moment of breathing room to make a decision. They're, they're still coming in at you pretty fast, and you're still going to get sacked. So, um, yeah, they, they need to uh, – it's not a bad idea, but they need to revisit it, I think. So before we leave the sort of the love and the hate, you reviewed the game for at Gamer. What was your score? I think I gave it a nine. I no. gave. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I gave uh, I gave it on Games Radar four out of five. Oh, it's, it's good. It's one of the better. It, I'm still enjoying it right now. It's, yeah. it's a very solid package. Well, that's one of the yeah. best sort of you know endorsements any reviewer can give a game. Um, for anyone who's ever reviewed a game, by the time you get through playing it and playing it and playing it and then writing about it and writing about it and playing it again and then writing about it and then agonizing over what you've written and then agonizing even more about the score and then you hit the send button. If you pick the game up after that, that is probably more of a ringing endorsement than any score or text can do. And uh, Kat and I are both continuing to play it, which, uh, which pretty much says all you really need to know. I didn't just pick it up again. I, uh, I um I had I reviewed it on a debug so like a debug unit on a on a disc that did not work in my retail Xbox so I actually bought a retail copy. Wow! So you spent um, your money on it, even more of a ringing endorsement. I spent I spent real human money on this game. <laughs> um, as opposed to uh, Microsoft, as, uh, as opposed bucks. to video game bucks. <laughs> and I uh, I do not regret my decision. Um, and I will probably be playing even more once the college football season starts. <laughs> yeah. Because I enjoy playing at Stanford. <clears throat> I don't know if I'll be playing. I don't know if I'll be playing like an offline dynasty, like beyond more than a couple seasons. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I'm usually good enough to win the national championship just right off the bat. So before we kind of put a bow on NCAA football 13, you mentioned something earlier that I wrote down when you said it because I wanted to talk a little bit about this. You feel like NCAA, the franchise on this console generation, has reached its potential. Why do you say that? I find that very interesting. Because, um, well... I feel like they've done everything they've really wanted to do. I mean, they've hit the recruiting. The recruiting feels good. The the engine, for the most part, feels really good. Looks good. The the atmosphere is right. Um, they're adding in new modes and everything, but at its core, NCAA is an a good uh, simulation of college football that with no like major weaknesses that I can find, outside of like you know load times. Okay, so that, that's not like a game-breaking weakness, in my opinion. Right. Um, I know, I'm sure that next year they're going to go to more of a physics-based system. Sure. But, you know, to be honest, when I play a game like NCAA, I don't easily detect the seams. And when I play something like FIFA that is physics-based, I can see the ragdoll. Mm. a little bit too much at times and it is distracting to be perfectly honest um i know that not everyone will agree with me on this front but i think ncaa looks quite good and having played madden 13 at e3 while i liked madden 13 quite a bit um in the demo the ragdoll element was a little more apparent than I would have liked. You know, it's interesting. There have been plenty of times when I have been playing NCAA football 13 and I have said, whoa, at some of the hits. Like there was there was a play in the Rose Bowl, as a matter of fact, where my running back dove at the goal line and was met in midair by a linebacker 
who spun him backwards in a very violent fashion. And there are also other times where a pass to a wide receiver or running back in the flat, the wideout will jump up and a linebacker or, or secondary will go at him low and will flip him over in a way that just looks so good. Like there's, there's a lot of good stuff going on gameplay-wise with the way that the players interact. Now, conversely, there's still a lot of, I, I'm assuming it's legacy-based stuff where, you know, the players glide through the referees, and when they get up after the play is over, they just kind of walk around like zombies for a few seconds and stuff like that. So, you know, by no means is it perfect, but on the field during the game, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening in NCAA Football 13, especially when it comes to the tackling and the hitting. It's just a, it's a I feel like it's a polished experience. I do. Um, and I'm sure that people point to the bugs or the graphical glitches, but I think polish means a little more than that. I feel that polish can refer to how nice the presentation is, how well the studio updates um, work, how good the game actually looks, how well it plays. I feel like it plays very well. Um, how well-developed uh, most of the modes are. Um, the Heisman mode is obviously new, but Road to Glory and uh, Road to Glory and the, the Dynasty modes are both very good, and they have fixed some of the bu bugs that really broke the experience for me last year, including the fact that I couldn't actually finish a lot of my online Dynasty games because the game would lock up afterward. <laughs> yeah, well, you know... And, oh, that pissed me off so yeah. much. And to be, you know, there are issues this year, too. In fact, one of the reasons that the... Uh, one of the reasons that there's a patch coming out at the end of July is because there have been a lot of reports of offline Dynasties locking up when you... In fact, uh, you know, friend of the show... Uh, Ryan Lewis has uh, has had experience in that himself personally. I haven't. Doesn't sound like you have, but clearly enough people have experienced the uh, the dynasty freeze issues to where they're they're releasing a patch for it relatively quickly after release because it usually takes at least three to four weeks to put any patch out there. So there are still some Conspiracy. of those things happening. EA clearly doctored the review copies to keep them from uh, walking <laughs> up during the offline dynasty because. I'm Notice that neither of the reviewers had any trouble with this. I had none, and uh, I still have none. I'm still playing the same copy. The only the only bug that I ran into, and it was a funny bug, was <clears throat> I handed the ball off and started running left, and my guy disappeared, oh. and suddenly everyone started falling over one another, <laughs> and it was... A bug that broke it to the point that I actually had to restart the game. I would love to have seen that. Well, it was annoying. It only happened once, but it was interesting. Uh, but it was that was quite the bug. That that was a game-breaking one. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Yeah. So we both love, for the most part, NCAA Football 13. Cat and I we're both going to continue playing it. We're in fact in the same online dynasty. Clearly a big thumbs up. So let's talk a little bit about the future. First of all, the short-term future. NCAA football 14. There will be one. We know that. Uh, what would you like to see from the next version of NCAA football? What's a reasonable expectation for you from next year's game? I think it's a reasonable expectation that they're going to put in a new engine. They're going to start laying the groundwork for uh, the next generation. Um, and when I say new engine, I mean they're going to put in a physics-based engine like the one in Madden 13. It's going to be a variant on the impact engine. I just hope that it's um, reasonably well polished. We'll see. And if you had a stretch goal... You know, what's something that might not be reasonable, but you could see happening if other stars align? Gosh, my imagination isn't so great anymore in well, this kind of regard. I'll tell you what mine but, would be. What? Mine would be 
some all-time classic teams being playable through a season mode. So some of the great teams like the Four Horsemen of the old uh, Notre Dame schools, you know, some of the great undefeated schools of the past 20, 30 years, being able to play as that team with those real licensed players against some of their, or, you know, against their competition, maybe not licensed players, but at least, you know, reasonable facsimiles of them, sort of an extension of the Heisman mode, where as a team you need to accomplish uh, or exceed the goals of some of the great teams of college past. I agree with you. Um, I feel that both both MLB The Show and uh, and NCAA 13 need to they both need to embrace the history a lot more because NCAA and we both know that college football is obsessed with history. Yes. Um, and they need something on the level of, say, the NBA 2K, like historical challenges. They really do. Agreed. Um, and that kind of presentation, uh, that that would do a lot for me, I feel, because I'm a history fan as well. And the other thing is, you know, let's face it, right? Like one of the bigger complaints that I heard and saw from people about NCAA football 13 is that, well, it looks the same, right? And you spoke, you know, about for the most part, you know, we, I mean, we are at what year seven of this console generation, right? I mean, there's only so much you can do. So there's, I don't know. Madden completely changed everything. Well, it hit the reset button to the degree that I can't even begin to fathom. Well, you know that's a good point. I didn't didn't really sort of think. But I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. And I'm not sure that at this stage of the game it is a good idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but I mean next year's NCAA football game. If it's not the last game for this generation, it's the last game exclusively of this generation. So to make that kind of a major investment at this point in time, although unless you could leverage the technology from the for the for the next generation, it's uh, got to be a pretty tough sell. I find the argument that it looks mostly the same to be superfluous because for the most part, these year by year annual updates build on what's come before. And as I've already mentioned, um, I am a big believer in smart changes that but bring about big changes. Mm. Um, I feel like NCAA 13 plays completely differently from NCAA 12. I agree. It's night and freaking day. And that combined with what I feel is actually a pretty good, I would even say very good uh, Heisman mode. Not perfect, but right. very good Heisman mode. Um, and lots of new bells and whistles for the offline dynasty mode. And yep. they fixed the fricking bugs that broke in CAA 12. It's a very good game. And I had no qualms about buying it again. I would not have purchased it if it were the same game. Right. Quote, right. So now let's look a little further in the future. Um, Recently, very recently, within the last five or six business days, a class action lawsuit was settled with EA. And one of the bullet points in that is that EA cannot hold the exclusive license for NCAA games after next year. So NCAA Football 14 will be the last year or will be the last game produced under EA's exclusive license with the NCAA so my question to you, Cat Bailey, is what does that mean to you and me? Um, will we see NCAA 15? Yes. <laughs> uh, it depends on the sales, really. I don't know how well it does for uh, EA, but I imagine they, that we will be seeing it. <laughs> um. I mean, people love their football. What can I say? Yeah, you know, the sales are interesting. I mean, I, I, I believe the game does reasonably well. But I think one of the things that typically happens to it is that once Madden hits, 
the awareness and activity of an NCAA football game goes down dramatically. And yes. I'm probably as guilty of that as, as most people. Um, Which is interesting because NCAA has been better <laughs> than Madden for a little while now. Yeah, it, I agree. And I think a In lot my of humble opinion. I think a lot of it depends upon who your online buddies are. Like, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, you and I are in the fourth string Madden League, which is spectacularly fun. You even wrote a, a wonderful piece about it uh, on 1UP, which I highly recommend everybody read. And, um, you know, yeah, our, our Madden, our, sorry, our NCAA Online Dynasty, which was rolling along beautifully last year, I did by the way, just for the record, defeat Cat in our one game that we played head-to-head in that last year. Yeah. <clears throat> we won't mention the fact that it was Alabama versus Minnesota. We'll just, we'll just, I'll edit that part out. Um, but Wait a um, <laughs> no, that was not Alabama versus Minnesota. You weren't Minnesota last year. What, we played against each other in yeah. NCAA twelve. Yeah, it was like the first game of the year, first or second game of the year. See, yeah. I remember that. You don't because it was, you know, clearly not as momentous as a. Not as devastating as a loss to you as it was a momentous victory for me. I think I won like 13 to 10. But anyway, right. not that I'm, you know, keeping track or anything. By the way, Kat has defeated me, I think, almost every time. I think I beat her once. So you beat me. You beat me in NHL. Well, yeah, but. Or not NHL. Um, you beat me in Madden. Yeah. The last time we played. Yeah, well. The good thing about Cad and I is that she's better than me, but she's she's not that much better than me that I can't somehow sneak in a, a win every once in a while. So, um, but what what I was where I was going is that you know I'm not sure that the I'm not sure that it's worth it, frankly, for EA Sports if they aren't able to get a favorable deal from the NCAA to keep making the games. I mean, let's face it, there's no NCAA games left anymore except for football. You know, there was college basketball for years. It's gone, and it's not coming back. And I think one of the challenges for NCAA 15 and beyond is the fact that, you know, we are moving, or we, we're not moving. We have moved into a world where downloadable content and, you know, and monetized DLC uh, really drives a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the games now, a lot of the way they make money. I mean, FIFA makes tons of money with their DLC. Madden, well, it doesn't make tons of money with DLC. Certainly with the Madden Ultimate team, it is a revenue stream that did not exist a couple of years ago that does now. And in college football, you don't have that opportunity other than, you know, maybe, you know, downloadable Heisman Trophy winners or some some small amount of uniforms that a relatively small amount of people would ever spend money on. They don't have the streams of revenue that other games have. And that's why I'm concerned about NCAA moving forward, especially in light of this lawsuit. We'll see. I always feel more competition is better competition. And uh, the, the market is big enough for a couple of really good college football games. And if they make a really phenomenal college football game, word will get around and people will want to play it. Who, in your estimation, would step up to the plate to produce a college football game? Uh, 2K. Really? Really? Totally. Even, even though they have basically um, eliminated all of their sports games other than NBA 2K and show no signs of, you know, at least they're publicly stating that they only want to, you know, produce licensed properties. You still think that they might uh, consider getting into the game? Come on, it's football. Of course they would. They can't have NFL, but college football is the next best thing. Hmm. And MLB and NHL were frankly way too niche. College football does not have that problem, in my opinion. Yeah, college football is more niche than NFL, but not nearly as much as baseball or hockey are now. And frankly, MLB, if MLB and NHL didn't suck, they'd still make them. That's my, that's my humble opinion. They, they they were not good games. I'm sorry. I know that you liked MLB to some extent, Rich, but I, I did. I was not a fan, and I I was really not a fan of their their NHL games. I know that other people will disagree with me on that front too, but well, it, uh, 
it I did enjoy the games back in the day. Certainly the the later Xbox versions of the NHL or the ESPN games as they were known at that time were spectacular fun. Uh but once NH once EA sort of got the uh once they changed the game using the sticks, they really just kind of took you know, they they took the uh, NHL 2K series out of the conversation pretty quickly. And you know, to to 2K's uh Credit, I suppose they recognize it, and <laughs> they basically waved the white flag and said, "We're out." They could make a good NCAA game. Um, unfortunately, they... the infrastructure is not there. Um, no. I feel like if not 2K, I wouldn't be shocked if Sony handed the license license to Sony San Diego. Hmm. The guys who make the show. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, MLB The Show is a big selling point for PS3, for sure. You know, so I don't know why they couldn't do that with uh, college football. Just think of the amount of time it would take to get the infrastructure in, right? We're not even talking. Well, no, let's talk about it, right? You've got the engine, the football engine, right? Just the, the X's and O's, literally. Then you've got how many stadiums, how many uniforms, how many fight songs, how many different things to actually make the game feel like a college football game. I mean, one of the things that constantly astounds me whenever I play NCAA football 13, or for that matter, 12 or 11, you know, is you can choose from an astounding number of teams and then go right into that stadium and hear that band playing. You know, for the most part, you'll hear the, the right song. Um, you know, all the uniforms. And they have lots of little extra things, too. They totally do. Like, I just played at Mikey Stadium where Army plays uh, yesterday, and they had the dude parachuting in, uh, you know, the military guy. That is something I'm sure only takes place in Mikey Stadium. Like, just that's a great example. Like, the amount of work. Or they do stuff like when the Gophers score a touchdown from time to time, you'll see some guys shooting off a howitzer or something. Hopefully this this is apparently a thing that they do at at the new TCF Bank Stadium. Um, which is cool, I guess. And like, the, but I, the, I didn't know the go that Gophers have howitzers, but there you go, they have it in the game. Right, you know, and and you know the Army Navy game, they've got all the cool stuff going on for the Iron Bowl, Alabama versus Auburn. You know, they have they have the references to that. There's just so much that it takes to do college football. Frankly, I think even more than it takes to do the NFL. Just because there's so many more teams, and then all the player ratings, well, and oh, the kind man. of people who play would play a college football game demand that stuff. Because one of the main selling points of college football is the alleged purity of it all, right? Bands and the the stuff that happens on the side and the pep stuff, um, right? Right. That's why they. So, so if you didn't have a game, if your game didn't have that stuff, people would the the fans would riot. Indeed. And speaking of rioting, there's probably a lot of NCAA college football fans listening right now who are rioting over the fact that I didn't talk about how great, for example, their website is for doing the recruiting and for doing... That's a nice segue. (laughs) I'm impressed. Oh, thank you. Uh, They have great web tools, frankly, better web tools than any other franchise they have out there. there's probably not very happy over the fact that I, you know, I just didn't mention some of the other really cool things about the game that we didn't even get to, including all of the, uh, you know, like I mentioned a little bit about like the rivalry game presentations and all the different trophies that you can win. Uh, you touched on the commentary. It is excellent commentary. Oh, is it, that, is it a new thing that it shows your players hold, waving the trophy? Yeah. I remember that from last year. Yes, that is a new thing. That is absolutely- That's great because... One of my main memories. So I, I was a, I was in the Golden Gopher marching band in two thousand one, and I, one of my key memories from that year was being on the side, was being down on the field when the Gophers, as time ran out on the Gopher Wisconsin rivalry game, and the Gophers had managed to beat the Badgers in the last game of the year, and seeing them charge the sideline, pull out the Paul Munyon's axe, and then do a huge lap around the 
the stadium all everyone like screamed and cheered and we played the school song and that was awesome mm. it was great and it was an experience that i could only really have in college football so to it, it's not quite the same it wasn't quite the same in the actual game but seeing them wave that axe my my little characters waving the axe like that yep it, it brought me back a little bit that's awesome that's all. Awesome. That's my that's my NCAA memory. There you go. Beautiful. So that concludes the first box score review session. This one for NCAA Football 13. Big thanks to Cat Bailey for joining me on the show. As you can tell, we're both big fans, and we're both on board to play the game for a while, despite the fact that it's not exactly perfect. But you don't have to be perfect in order to be a heck of a lot of fun. So thanks for listening to Box Score, brought to you by Games Radar. I'm your host, Richard Grisham. Follow me on Twitter at my handle, Rich Grisham, and tweet me any questions, thoughts, or ideas about this and future shows. Also, be sure to follow Games Radar on Twitter at their handle, Games Radar. So until next time, this is Richard Grisham for Box Score.